Thank you for accessing this audio resource from Glad Tidings Church. This is Pastor Tim Rice. I hope you enjoy the message and receive some benefit from it. If you do, please let us know. Send your comments to info at gladtidings.church. Now, here's this week's message. If you have your Bibles, would you take them out? Turn to the book of Mark, Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8. I want to minister for a just a few minutes this evening on understanding. Understanding is important, amen. How many know the disciples didn't always understand everything that Jesus said and everything that Jesus did? In fact, quite often, it seems like they're taken off guard, right? Jesus says something, and the Bible sometimes specifically says the disciples didn't understand what he was. So we're going to look at one of those passages tonight. We're going to talk about the importance of understanding, and more importantly, how we can uh, come to understand better. So the disciples didn't understand everything that Jesus said. The main reason that the disciples didn't understand everything, or not everything, but many of the things that Jesus taught and many of the things that Jesus did was because they did not have the benefit of uh, the crucifixion and the resurrection. Um, even though Jesus told them about his impending crucifixion, even though he told them about the resurrection, they didn't have, how I many of they didn't have a framework in which to even understand crucifixion and resurrection. In fact, uh, later in the passage that we're going to read, or after the passage we're going to read, it says Jesus began to teach them, talk to them about the crucifixion and the resurrection, but still they didn't, they didn't quite understand because they didn't have a framework for understanding what that would uh, what that would mean, and so because they didn't know about the crucifixion, because they didn't understand about the resurrection, without that important information about the ministry of Jesus Christ, uh, it was impossible for them to comprehend everything that Jesus was trying to teach them. I've been listening to a book on tape about um, President Garfield. And, uh, you know, his assassination. And uh, one of the things that the book brings out is that it wasn't the bullet of the assassin that killed President Garfield, but it was actually the medical care that he received after the fact because the bullet lodged in a place where it would not have killed him. But the doctors um, probed the wound, wound and were trying to find the bullet. And so in doing that, they introduced all kinds of bacteria and infection and it was the infection, it was the sickness after the fact that killed him. And so uh, they didn't, at that time in medical science, they didn't quite, even though there were those that were beginning to understand the importance of germs and antiseptic and that kind of thing, because uh, most doctors and people couldn't see germs, um, they didn't understand. They didn't have a framework in which uh, to do medicine um, to the best extent because they couldn't see the germs. Well, in the same way, the, the disciples couldn't see the crucifixion, the resurrection. They hadn't seen that yet, and so they didn't have a framework for understanding the things that Jesus was teaching them. However, after the crucifixion and after the resurrection, uh, things began to fall in place for them, and they began to see, oh, that's what Jesus was talking about. That's what Jesus meant. And in particular, we, we just talked about this after Easter, Jesus spent 40 days after his crucifixion, after his resurrection, explaining to the disciples about the gospel, and that was when the lights came on and they began to see and recognize the things that Jesus had, had taught them. 
Um, but how many knows even from my, so we give them a hard time. Uh, we need to cut them a break because even from our perspective, you know, we've got the word of God. We've, we understand the importance of the crucifixion, the resurrection. We see the whole sequence. And how many knows even now we still fail to understand some of the things in God's words. And we fail to understand uh, some of the things that Jesus says. We, sometimes we fail to understand some of the things that God does in our life. Or maybe I'm just speaking for myself. How many of you feel that way sometimes? You feel like, I don't understand everything God always does, and he says. So we sometimes fail to, I mean, I've been a Christian now for probably 45 years. I was saved when I was about five years old. I don't know how much you can understand when you're that young anyway. Uh, but I've been in ministry for a little over 25 years now, and I still don't understand everything that Jesus does and everything that God does uh, in my life. And so we need to cut the disciples a little bit of slack. They were only with Jesus for about three years, maybe three and a half years uh, or so. But what the disciples illustrate for us and what is true of us also is that understanding is not automatic. I mean, when you get saved, you don't automatically just understand everything there is about God's Word. You don't automatically understand everything that God does in your life. So understanding is not automatic. It's something that has to be developed in our life. We have to develop an understanding, learn an understanding of God's words and God's ways in our life. So what we're going to look at tonight is a passage from Mark chapter 8 that deals specifically with this. And let me set the background just a little bit before we read some of the verses. In this passage, Jesus has just fed 4,000 people. It's one of the feeding of the multitude. He has just fed 4,000 people on the eastern side of the Sea of Galilee, and then they have gotten in a boat, and they have sailed to the, western, or to the, um, to the western side of the lake where they encounter some Pharisees, and when they encounter these Pharisees, the Pharisees ask Jesus for a sign. What they're saying is, give us some proof, give us some sign that you are who you say you are, that you are the Messiah. And Jesus declines to give them a sign, and he says, why does this generation seek a sign? And then the Bible says that he left them and he got into a boat, and, or, he, or he sailed to the north shore of the Sea of Galilee. And the indication is that they must have left uh, in haste. They let, must have left in some hurry, uh, those Pharisees, because soon the disciples become aware that they have forgotten to bring bread along with them on their journey uh, back across the Sea of Galilee, or at least to the northern shore of the Sea of Galilee. They become aware that they've forgotten to bring bread and what follows uh, here in the book of Mark is an episode that displays what we've just been talking about, the disciples' inability to understand something that Jesus says uh, to them. So I'm going to read it tonight. We're going to discuss briefly how we uh, can improve our ability to understand the words and the ways of Jesus. Mark chapter 8, beginning in verse number 14. Now they had forgotten to bring bread, and they had only one loaf with them in the boat. And so let me stop there for just one second. So did they have, were they completely without bread? 
just know they had one loaf with them, didn't they? Verse 15, and he cautioned them, saying, Watch out, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they began discussing, the disciples began discussing with one another the fact that they had no bread. And Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And they said to him, 12. And the seven for the 4,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And they said to him, seven, in verse number 21. And he said to them, do you not yet understand? I mean, we're sometimes just like those disciples, right? That we're, we just, sometimes we don't, understand God's words and God's ways in our lives. So Jesus asked the disciples here while, why they were discussing the fact that they had no bread, and he asked them, do you not perceive, do, do you not understand? And then what he does for them and for us also is he diagnoses what is the main reason that we often fail to understand the words and the ways of God in our life. And the main reason is because of our hard hearts. Because of our hard hearts. Now, according to the Bible, there are many things that are um, associated with hard hearts. But the main cause of a hard heart is unbelief. Is unbelief. Because unbelief hardens our hearts by causing us to focus our attention on anything other than Jesus Christ. And when our attention is focused on anything else other than Jesus Christ, our hearts can grow cold, our hearts can grow distant, our hearts can grow hard, and unbelief can enter into our, into our hearts. Unbelief causes us to focus on anything other than Jesus Christ. And the disciples here were more focused on the problem that they perceived that they had no bread. Now remember, they did have some bread. They had a loaf of bread. But they are focused on the problem of uh, no bread more than they were focused on the fact that Jesus had just performed a miracle in which he had multiplied the bread and made it enough to, f to serve 4,000 people. Before that, he had served 5,000 people with even less bread uh, than he had when he served 4,000 people. And so rather than remembering the miracle that Jesus had just performed and realizing, hey, we've got a, we do have a loaf of bread, and besides the loaf of bread that we do have, we've got Jesus in the boat. And he's able to take this loaf of bread and make it more than enough for our need. Rather than focusing on Jesus and his miracle working power and the possibility that they had because Jesus Christ was with them, what did they focus on? They focused on the problem that they perceived. And because of that, their hearts 
Um, because of that, unbelief entered into their heart. They begin to say, what are we going to do? We don't have, we don't have bread. That, so that when Jesus spoke to them and was trying to teach them in that moment, they didn't perceive, they didn't understand because why? They were preoccupied with the problem that they had in their life. And they weren't able to hear what Jesus was really saying because what they saw or what they thought they perceived was filtered through their problem. Their perspective was based solely on their problem. And listen, that's what, that's what the devil tries to do to us as well. Whenever we encounter difficulty or have something going on in our life, he'll push it so far up into our face that all we can see is our problem. And rather than seeing Jesus Christ, we, we see Jesus through our problem. And it creates uh, unbelief in our heart and it causes us to doubt uh, Jesus Christ. And because of that, um, we don't understand. That's why we sometimes when we're going through things in our life, we say, I don't, God, I don't understand why you're doing this. God, I don't, under, I don't understand why I have to experience this. God, I don't understand what you're doing in my life. God, I don't, I don't understand what you're trying to teach me in this situation. And it's usually is because we're seeing him through the perspective of our problem rather than seeing our problem through the lens of Jesus Christ. How many knows if we'll see Jesus Christ first, then our problem is, is no problem at all, right? If, if we'll see our circumstances and our surroundings, if we'll look at our, our surroundings through the perspective of Jesus Christ, then we've got nothing to fear, nothing to worry about, right? But when we look at our surroundings through the lens of the problems that we face or the problems that we perceive that we have, then it causes our heart to grow hard through unbelief and we, and we question why God is doing what he's doing, why, what God is trying to teach us or what God is trying to say to us um, in that situation. So if, they, if the disciples had been thinking about Jesus, if, if they had been looking at Jesus, if they had remembered the miracle that Jesus had just worked, um, then they might have understood the lesson that he was trying to teach them uh, more effectively. And they, they illustrate here, the, the disciples for us illustrate that understanding is something that we all struggle with, isn't it? The ability to understand what God is saying, the, the ability to understand God's words and God's ways in our life is something that we all struggle with because we all go through problems. We all have things in our life that we worry about. All, we all have problems that we perceive that come up in, in our life, and we struggle sometimes to understand what God is saying and what God is doing in our life. And so understanding is something that we have to work at. It's something that we have to develop. It's, it's something that we have to work to maintain in our life by keeping our perspective and keeping our eyes on Jesus Christ. And in fact, the rest of Mark chapter 8 actually kind of, in my opinion, it, it kind of follows this whole theme of understanding and being able to see and not just see, but being able to understand, have, have understanding. In fact, 
There's um, at least three episodes, three more episodes in the remainder of the book of, uh, or chapter 8 of the book of Mark. And I think that each one of these has something to say about our inability or our ability, if you want to put it in a positive uh, way, our inability to, to understand. The first episode immediately following this is, is about a blind man that Jesus encounters in Bethsaida. So after they land on the northern shore of the Sea of Galilee, they get out, they go to Bethsaida, and look back in Mark chapter 8 at verse number 22. So they came to Bethsaida, and some people brought him to a blind man and begged him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand, and he led him out of the village. And when he had spit on his eyes, and he laid hands on him, he asked him, Do you see anything? And he looked up and he said, I see people, but they look like trees walking. And then Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again, and he opened his eyes, and his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly, and he sent him to his home saying, do not even enter the village. Sometimes we don't understand because we can't see things clearly, right? Sometimes the problem with our understanding is that our eyes need to be supernaturally opened by Jesus Christ. In fact, the reality is, is that before we come to know Jesus Christ, all of us are spiritually blind. The Bible says that the carnal man cannot see, cannot perceive, cannot comprehend or understand the things of the Spirit. And why is that? It's because their heart has not been regenerated that the eyes of their heart have not, has not been opened up by the grace of Almighty God. And as a result, no carnal man can see the spiritual things of God unless the Holy Spirit opens the eyes of their heart. And we sing that song sometimes, don't we? Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. Sometimes our lack of understanding comes from the reality that our eyes need to be spiritually opened by, by Jesus Christ. If you've got friends or loved ones that are, that are not Christians, you probably have had conversations with them in which they look at you like you're, like you're crazy. Something's wrong with you. Well, why do you believe that? Why do you, why do you go to church on Sundays? Why do you go to church on Wednesday nights? Why, you know, why do you... Why do you give your money to the church? Why do you do this? It's because they don't understand. They don't understand you. Peter, Peter talks about that in his epistles. He says they look at you and they wonder, why don't you just, why don't you live like us? Why don't you enter into sin and debauchery like the rest of us? We don't, you're weird or different. They don't understand because their eyes have not been opened by Jesus Christ, right? So sometimes... We don't understand because we need our eyes to be spiritually, supernaturally opened by Jesus Christ. And how many knows, even after, just like this man whose eyes were supernaturally opened so that he could see, how many knows that even after our eyes are supernaturally opened, sometimes we still don't see things correctly, do we? And so Jesus asked this man, can you see clearly? He says, well, I see men, but it looks, they look like trees he couldn't see clearly yet and the same is true of true of us even when our eyes have been opened by Jesus Christ even when we have received the grace of Jesus Christ we still need him to train our eyes and to help us to be able to see things the way that he sees things 
So sometimes our problem with understanding is that our eyes need to be supernaturally opened by, by Jesus Christ. We, we need the continuing help of Jesus Christ to be able to see things the way that they really are. Amen? Then the second section, uh, or the next section, I should say, after that, after Jesus heals this blind man, is a section dealing with Peter's confession of Jesus Christ as the Christ. Verse number 27, and Jesus went on with his disciples. So he leaves the blind man, blind man, and Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? And they told him, John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and others one of the prophets. And he asked them, but who do you say that I am? And Peter answered him, you are the Christ. And then Jesus strictly charged them not to tell anyone about him. Now the other gospels elaborate on this section just a little bit. And after Jesus, after Peter makes this profession of faith that Jesus is the Christ, Jesus says to Peter, blessed are you, Simon, because flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but who? But my Father, which is in, which is in heaven. He's saying, so you didn't see this, you, you don't understand this because you received this from flesh and blood. Somebody else didn't tell you this. You received this as a revelation from God. So that reveals a, a second problem that sometimes keeps us from understanding things the way God wants us to understand things is the suggestions of other people. Sometimes when we listen to the world or if we listen to the wrong people, how many know the world is going to give us wrong information. If we listen to other people, they're going to give us wrong suggestions about what we ought to believe about the situation uh, that, that we are in. Just like when Jesus asked the disciples, who do men say that I am? They said, well, some say that you're John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. Were they right? No, they were wrong. They had the wrong information. And if Peter had based his understanding about who Jesus was based on the suggestions of everybody else around him. How many knows he would not have understood who Jesus Christ really was. But instead, he received that revelation from God. He got that information directly from God. Sometimes our problem not being able to understand the situation that we're in or knowing what we should do in a particular situation. Sometimes, now listen, not all the times because the Bible says that godly counsel is a good thing, amen? So don't leave here tonight and say, Pastor Tim says I shouldn't listen to anybody ever again. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that you need to understand that you can't get all of your information from everybody else. Because some, sometimes our understanding is messed up by the suggestions of other people around us. Listen, um, if you go to your friend at work and your friend is not a Christian and you ask them what you ought to do about 
uh, the problem that you're having with your husband or your wife, how many knows chances are you're going to get bad advice from somebody who doesn't know Jesus Christ? <laughs> if, you, if you ask somebody in the world advice about a spiritual question, then chances are you're going to get wrong information from the world. We're, we're talking about that just briefly before service how we need to spend more time talking about the goodness of God because, listen, we hear enough from the world about all of the bad things that are going on around us, right? If you listen to the world, you're going to get wrong information. If you listen to the world, you're going to get discouraging news about, about the world. If you listen to the world, you're going to get, what is it, fake news. The world is full of fake news. I'm telling you, there's only one good news, and that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? So sometimes we don't understand, not only because we can't see correctly, and we need Jesus to open our eyes and show us the things as they really are, but sometimes we don't understand correctly because we're listening to the world around us or we're taking the bad advice of other people around us when we need to be getting our information from God and from his word, amen? So if you want to improve your understanding, then first of all, you go to Jesus and you say, Jesus, open my eyes so that I can see this situation like you see it. I want to see this situation as it really is. I want to understand it uh, because I see it with your eyes. And then number two, uh, you go to the Lord and you say, Lord, help me. Not to listen to the world, the advice of those around me. You tell me, God, what you want me to hear. Give me the right information. And then there's a third um, or a last section that I think deals with this same theme of seeing or, or understanding. And that's the last section that I was talking about when Jesus begins to foretell his death death and his resurrection to his disciples. Beginning in verse number 31. So then, this is after Peter's confession, so then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he said this plainly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and seeing his disciples uh, but turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does a profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul for what can a man give in return for his soul but whoever is ashamed of me and of my words uh, in this adulterous and sinful generation of him will the son of man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his father with the holy angels number three the third problem that we have with understanding sometimes not only um, number one that our eyes haven't been supernaturally we need our eyes supernaturally opened by Jesus number two we listen to the suggestions of the world around us. The third problem that we sometimes have with understanding is we naturally want to avoid suffering, don't we? We naturally want 
to avoid. It's difficult for us sometimes to understand some things because it's hard for us to imagine how suffering would fit into the will of God. Although we know uh, that it does. I mean, in this passage, Jesus begins to teach his disciples, okay, here's what's going to have to happen. I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to go and I'm going to suffer many things. And Peter says what? No, no, not, not so, Lord. You're not going to suffer. You're going to go into Jerusalem. We're going to go in victoriously. And he begins to say, no, that's not, that's not my vision of, of what's going to happen. And it's, it's hard for him to imagine that God's will for Jesus, who is the Christ, he's already said, I know you're the Christ. It's hard for Peter to imagine that God's will for Jesus Christ is for him to suffer and for him to die. And the reality is, is that we all have that, we all have that same kind of desire to avoid suffering. And that's, that's normal. And then it, and it's natural. So it's, Sometimes it's hard for us to understand what God is saying and what God is doing in our life because it's hard for us to imagine how suffering fits into God's plan uh, for our life. Jesus gives us the perspective that we need to have, and he says that each one of us, we must all take up our cross daily and follow follow him. The cross is the perspective that we all need to be able to understand God's will for our life. And that it's, it's through Christ's suffering in particular that we've all been redeemed and that we've all been saved. And that it's in our suffering that we enter into uh, the suffering of Jesus Christ, and God accomplishes in us and for us a glory, the Bible says, that we can't even, that we can't even imagine in, in this life. So, yes, it's hard for us to understand sometimes how suffering fits into God's plan for our life. God, if you're a good God, if you're a loving God, why do I have to, why do I have to hurt? Why do I have to go through this? But God is accomplishing in our life something for his glory and for, for our good. And we have to be willing for him to have his way in our life and be willing to take up our cross and follow Jesus Christ. The cross is the perspective that we need. So we, we come full circle back to what I said at the beginning. The disciples had a hard time understanding many of the things that Jesus said and many of the things that Jesus did because they lacked what? They lacked the perspective of the cross. They had not seen the cross and had not witnessed the resurrection. And it's the cross that we need to be able to have the perspective that we, did, that we ought to have of the problems of our life so that we can see things the way God wants us to see things so that we can understand what his will for our life is. So when we don't understand, when we're in situations like the disciples were in the boat where they said, we, we don't understand what God is or what Jesus is saying, what he's trying to teach us in this moment. When we, when we don't understand, 
We have to be careful. Don't let your heart grow hard. Don't focus on your problem. Uh, focus on God. Turn, turn to him and understand. Listen, I don't, I don't understand. It's not, it's not because God is wrong. It's not because God's doing something wrong. If I don't understand, it's because I'm not seeing things properly. There's something I'm missing. It's, it's not something God's missing. I mean, as if I don't understand, it's because there's something I'm missing, right? So, so what do I do when I don't understand something in my life? Well, the first thing that I, that I need to do, like I said, is first thing as I go to the Lord and say, okay, Lord, I don't understand. So you're going to have to open my eyes. Give, give me spiritual eyes to be able to see things and not just see things because I, a lot of times, I don't know if you're like this, but I am. Sometimes I see things and I imagine a lot of things about the things that I see, right? I see things and I say, ah, oh, I think I understand. I know what's going on here. Anybody else do that? All right, good. I feel a little bit better. I'm in good company tonight. Oh, I understand what's going on. How many knows what you think's going on may not be what's going on, right? <laughs> And so it's not enough to just see things. you got to say, Lord, give me the eyes to be able to see things like they really are. Not how I imagine them, but how they really are. So when I don't understand, I go to the Lord and I say, Lord, open my eyes. Help me to see things. Help me to see things the way I ought to see things, the way things really are. Give me the right kind of eyes to see things. And then number two, I say, Lord, help me to tune other people out. I, I don't want to listen to the world. And, and even good intention folks that are trying to give me good advice, um, help me to tune some of that out because the world's going to give me bad information about this. I want to I hear from you and know what you're saying about this, about this situation. And then number three, I'm going to pray and I'm going to say, Lord, show me the cross. Is, is there something in this situation that I'm trying to avoid? Is there something in this that that I'm trying to avoid because it hurts me or it's causing, it's calling for sacrifice, a sacrifice that I don't want to make. It costs something that I'm not willing to pay. Is, is there something here that I'm avoiding just because it causes me personal pain or suffering? So if that's it, Lord, teach me to take up my cross and to trust you and to be able to see this situation through the perspective of the cross and know that if you love me so much that you gave your only son Jesus Christ then you are accomplishing in my life something for your glory and for my good that does not compare to anything here in this world below and and through that process how many knows we can come we can come at a better understanding of the things that are going on in our, in our life we can arrive at a place where we can have we may not now listen we're never going to arrive at a place mike why don't you come to the piano we're never going to arrive this well this is my opinion we're never going to arrive at a place in this life where we're going to understand everything perfectly like i said i've been in ministry for over 25 years i've still got quite i don't understand things i don't understand Things that when I get, I tell myself that when I get to heaven, I'm going to say, Lord, what about this? I want you to, of course, I believe that when we do get to heaven, 
all of those questions are going to be answered. We're not, I mean, we're not going to worry about any of that stuff anyway. All of the things that occupy our mind and that we worry about here, all of that stuff's just going to, it's going to go away because we're going to be in the glory of his presence. Amen. But while I'm here, there's a lot of stuff I don't understand, a lot of things I don't get. But I have to be willing to say, okay, God, I don't get it. I don't understand it. But that's not your problem, God. That's my problem. Because I know that you're a good God. I know that you're a perfect heavenly Father. That you love me with an everlasting love. And so if I don't get it, okay, I don't get it. But that's on me. It's not you, God. Give me eyes to be able to see things the way that I ought to see things, right? I'm going to tune out the world. I'm going to tune out the flesh. I'm going to hear from you, God. I'm going to see things through the cross and to take up my cross and to bear it daily because I know that you love me and you're bringing me to your eternal glory. Amen. Thank you for listening today. If you have any questions or would like more information about following Jesus Christ, please contact us at gladtidings.church. If you live near Dunn, North Carolina, please consider visiting our church on Sunday mornings at 1030. You can also download our church app in the iTunes or Google Play app store and receive updates and notifications. You may use the app to make a financial gift to help support our ministry. God bless you.